What's up, everybody? It's another episode of Couch Coaches. Big weekend for NFL football, but the story that's taken all the headlines is Tom Brady coming out of a spa on a Netflix show with Paul Rudd. Everybody's saying, how could you, Tom? How could you? But there's more to this story than the headlines are writing. Also, a ton of really good games. I was surprised your Cam was trashing on the Ravens, but we'll, we'll run over and break down a few of the games as well. But tonight, it's the Patriots versus the Jets, and the Patriots have band-aids all over the place that offense has nobody left offensive line wide receivers how are they going to pull out a win tonight against the jets we'll let you know couch coaches are here busy weeks chaotic week. chaotic week in the nfl there is a time. You see me go out that dude on uh, on Twitter. I don't know if you see my responses, but uh, you've been more active on Twitter too lately. Yeah, I've, I've been I've been getting out there a little bit. I got like 17 followers right now. It's pretty uh, it's pretty close to big time, I'd say. I don't think I'm there yet. Um, but I thought you were gonna make that burner account. I've been waiting on I know, that. Thing. I really, should, I really should make a burner account for my 17 followers just to pump my own tires every time I tweet <laughs> something. Um, I didn't see you going back and forth at a guy on Twitter. Run me, give me the rundown. He, it was just about the, what game was it? The 49ers and Redskins game. He put out a tweet. He was a writer, too. I think he's a beat writer for some random team or for some decent website. And he was just saying, yeah, the 49ers are undefeated. But in this game, I didn't really see anything that impressed me. And I was just like, dude, there was a monsoon out. Nobody could put their feet down. Nobody could cut. Yeah. I mean, What are you talking about, that's guy? Exactly, that's exactly what it was. Did you respond to him or did he respond to you? Yeah, I... I responded to him, and then he responded back. I said, I forgot what I responded back. Oh, but wait, I said, well, how can you? Sean Glennon? Glennon. Yeah, I think so. Love you, man. Um, okay, so his tweet is, so if the Patriots aren't really all that good and the 49ers are legit contenders, um, I don't know what I'm supposed to make of today's result in Washington. Was that good? Are the Niners still really good? Yeah, there was a monsoon. Very legitimate response for just one team or both. What What's he trying to say here? <laughs> I don't know. He, he's just saying there's no excuse for one team, but I was just tr- basically saying how how can you draw any conclusions from from this game? It's like why don't we just hold a game for the 49ers and put blindfolds on them and then put them on an ice rink? You can't draw any conclusions from this yeah, game. I mean, they so, couldn't stand up. No, so my friend has Sunday ticket, not to brag, and so I went over to his house to watch Sunday ticket. And, I mean, like you, you could see what was going on on the field, but it was literally like – there was puddles on the numbers like it was a legit monsoon if you have seen an episode of deadliest catch it was like deadliest catch and they're playing on an island in the middle of the atlantic in the middle of a a, a, an aggressive rainstorm like there was no footing forget about throwing the football they're lucky niners are lucky they got three field goals like it was an insane weather like Incredible! It's kind of funny that he he must have not watched the game. I guess that's that's what I'm saying. As he must have just watched a couple highlights or something yeah. like that. But anytime, I think there was a play where was it the 49ers? I think they were in the red zone and they tried to run like an end around or kind of the running back ran laterally instead of just straight forward. And he he tried to cut forward and grab himself a couple yards and his foot just slid yeah. out. It's like. 
all you could do in that game was like line up in the power eye yeah. and just no legit it was go like, straight forward. That's all you could do. Let's run the Maryland eye. We're gonna run dive. We're gonna run ISO and maybe a toss if we're feeling cute. And uh, <laughs> yeah. that was about all that they had going on for. You, you can't judge anything from that game. It was such a. It was the worst weather I've seen in a football game in like a legit, legitimately a long time. So it would have been better. It's better when there's snow, right? Oh, for it's sure. Better when there's snow yeah. and ice. Because it's not sloppy. I mean, at least um, when there's snow and ice, you can kind of throw the football a little bit. Yeah. But, like, in a monsoon like that, like, forget. I had Jimmy G on my fantasy team yesterday. Not that anyone cares. And uh, he had, like, five points for me. He literally had, like, 150 yards or 100. I think it was, like, 100 yards and, like, a pick. Like, it was the worst football game for anything but running dive. Really a perfect, yep. really perfect weather in my eyes better week than uh baker mayfield a couple weeks ago he had minus two that is true more picks than that is true through more picks than completions probably but uh, no that's not true that's not true (laughs) that is not factually dude i just don't really what i don't understand is i think when when i was in high school and even through college when you look at some of these writers and you just think that they're they're smart about the game, and now now that Twitter's a thing, you can kind of see people's thought process in real time when they're just tweeting things. Yeah. And I just couldn't believe like that tweet. And you see stuff like that all the time from just regular from every people. And oh, I send yeah. out some tweets just off the cuff that are probably dumb, but it's like, dude, what what do you? Did he even watch the game? And you're just putting out comments on it, that's, you know? That literally, that's the only thing that makes sense is that this dude just didn't watch the game, saw the nine to nothing, saw the stat line, and was like, "Oh, the Niners yeah. can't be that good." Like it, it's ridiculous, but it is true. I mean, Twitter for everybody these days is just a breeding ground for like a like Stupidity. off the like you said off the cuff, just off the dome, like really really stupid remarks. Or just great Twitter battles going back and forth with people. It's um, something special, man. Twitter is something else. I, and that's why I don't go on it. Like, I, I, I go on it probably more than I should. Um, yeah. But, like, it, like mm-hmm. I'll notice if I'm on it for 45 minutes or 30 minutes, whatever. And, like, I start digging. I, I'll just start getting more and more angry because I just see stupider and stupider shit. And I'm like, I can't deal with this right now. I, I got I to gotta live my life, you know? This is this is such a good track for the topics that we have today before we get to NFL games because there was probably there was like eight games that were really great yesterday really, or had really, really quality th- th- Sunday of football games. One thing I will say is that the officiating it was kind of funny because we had up uh, the ticket and it was all eight games in the morning, and mm-hmm. there was probably three or four times when uh, more than half of the games all had flags at the same time. And it was just nauseating to me. Like I saw it and I got dizzy and I I almost vomited twice. Like it, it's just insane to me, the officiating right now. And sometimes they were legit. Sometimes they were legit. But other times it was it was pretty bad calls. But all that being said, I, I don't think that there were any games like really decided by officiating yesterday unless I'm just completely missing something. So I guess we're kind of on the right path with that. Yeah, Pat, I don't know if I did I send you that video of Pat McAfee that he reposted when he was on I think it was Good Morning Football last year or something. Oh, the Colts. Where he was talking the Colts play? No. Oh. So Pat McAfee, he went on a rant. I think it was oh. a year or two ago yes. where he was talking about who's in charge of the whole referee just whatever all the referees and said he's not a good leader he was a bad ref right. and he was just tearing on him and he said this is going to be a really bad problem and of course it's a problem now. Yeah. 
So I thought that was interesting. But uh, yeah, to kind of piggyback on people and, and what they say on Twitter and whatnot, when we put out that clip of us talking about Michael Bennett making a trade, I think 90% of people were commenting, no, that's really stupid. What What are your thoughts on, on that and those comments? Um, I think that people are stupid. That's my first reaction. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think that, well, first off, they, they need to listen to the entire video. I mean, we. I, I think that we do a pretty solid job of acknowledging both sides of the fence. And in that situation, like, yeah, we acknowledge that you could probably get a receiver piece for Michael Bennett. But at the same time, I clearly said he's probably not working in the system right now. But by the later half of the season, he will be, which I don't know. That doesn't sound like trade him right now to me. Um, I don't know. Just just listen to the video, people. It's like I, I, I understand what's going on with the, where Michael Bennett is. And, yeah, he's not getting a ton of play time right now, but he, he, it's very likely he will later in the season. Um, and he's probably unhappy with how much playing time he's getting right now, but he, he'll probably be, I mean, who knows? Well, he's suspended this week, so can't happen yep. this week, but I do think later in the season, he'll start to pick up some more play time, but just listen to the full clip, man. That's all I'm going to say. And I think when people are talking about the Patriots making moves, they don't really take into account really any other moving pieces at all. Whenever, when Goskowski was really starting to struggle and, yeah, I mean, he really was looking bad there towards the end, and of course he was hurt. People just say, "Cut this guy," yeah. and they don't think about what else is out there. Yeah, and the same same thing with Michael Bennett. Nobody's thinking about the salary cap thing. I think the Patriots are only two million underneath the salary cap, so it's like you can't just go out there and add a wide receiver in exchange of fifth round pick for him, right? And then oh, just add him to the sense. roster. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. no, no, that's, also, that's very true. Keep going. And Go also off. in tra- yeah, and also in trades, this is the crazy thing to a lot of people is the other team needs something in return of value. And that's kind of shocking to a lot of people out there that when you do get like a really high quality receiver that you need to send that team something of value back. Right. And Michael Bennett is kind of I mean, he hasn't been used that much. No, in the three four defense. It, not at all. And but and it totally makes sense with him being moved for another piece. I, I would completely understand that. It would help keep them under the salary cap. It would probably be a good financial move for him. And a dude who's not getting a ton of burn on defense, he wants to go play somewhere. I totally get that. Um like New England Patriots fans are we're, we're strange cats because some people are like Pats fans, but they're really hard on the Patriots. Some people are Pats fans and the Pats can do no wrong. Um, things like like situations like this come up, and it's really like a, if you look at it with a level head, you can make really good decisions with it. They could move Michael Bennett and pick up, you know, a really solid like a Mohamed Sanu. Just throwing the name out there. I, I don't know the financials. Stefan Diggs. I, I don't know the financials on that either. You can make that move, and if Michael Bennett goes to the Falcons or goes to the Vikings and puts up. Um, I don't know, eight or nine sacks through the end of the year, people are going to be like, oh, what a stupid trade that was. What a stupid trade that was. And like Mohamed Sanu only has 30 catches for the rest of the year. People are going to be hating on the trade and talking about how bad it was. You know, I think about the Chandler Jones trade all the time from the New England perspective. Chandler Jones has led the NFL or been close to leading the NFL in sacks since he was traded. Um, but I, I was just going to look up. I don't I don't remember who they turned that first round pick into, but I'm pretty sure that it ended up working out for them. Um, so it's just interesting. The, the trade 
thing in the NFL and for Patriots fans. Like, it's, this isn't Madden. You can't just go and turn off sliders and then trade for the number one receiver and not worry about your salary cap. Like, there's so much that goes yeah. into it, and that's why New England's so good at what they do because they find dudes in the draft or they'll trade a guy like Chandler Jones for a first-round pick and everybody's going to be butthurt for a little bit. But when the first-round pick rolls around, you're going to be pretty stoked because he's going to be a stud player. Yeah. Kind of went off. On I'm a sure they probably Sorry, they, they, they got to kind of regret the Chandler Jones thing a little bit, but I think so. Yeah, but I like, know. but like, if okay, so who'd you rather have, Chandler Jones or Dante Hightower? Because you probably can't keep both. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And like, I think that they looked at it and they said Dante Hightower is a key piece to this defense. Chandler Jones is really, really good, but we're going to be able to find another pass rusher somewhere. And they they've been able to band-aid that for the time being trey flowers was there for a little bit now they have um you know dietrich wise who's been really good danny sheldon um not exactly a pass rusher but they've been able to band-aid that defensive line with other guys but absolutely i think that there's probably some regret to it but at the end of the day i think it was a fork on the road and it was dante hightower or chandler jones because they were both drafted in the same year talk about a draft class yeah yeah, that's true. You got uh, Mr. Bill Belichick named uh, Dante Hightower Mr. February, so that, that counts for something. Exactly. Means he's just big time in the Super Bowl. You know? So, but yeah, that's just the, the state of the the Patriots. Uh, kind of, they just want everything. Well, pa- Patriots fans, we just want everything to work out. We want all the wide receivers. We want all I know. the defensive players. I know. I know. That's just how it is. We but. can't get into the the Los Angeles Lakers state of mind because Lakers fans. You talk to Lakers fans. And literally any free agent or good player, they're just like, oh, well, we'll just trade for him. Why wouldn't they want to come yeah. to L.A.? And one of my friends who's a Laker fan broke it down for me in just great. He was like, think about like back to the 70s and 80s of basketball where it's like, oh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is balling up in Milwaukee or wherever he was playing. Let's just trade for him. And he just yeah. like went down the list of big name players that got traded for by the Lakers. And it makes sense when you sit there and think, we can't be like that. Can't be like that. Um, True. I'm looking up the Chandler Jones trade. You can cut this out, I guess, if you want, because I'm trying to see who they drafted. They draft. They traded Chandler Jones for a second-round pick and Jonathan Cooper. Jonathan Cooper was absolutely a bust. But I'm trying to see who they drafted with a second-round pick. I don't know. Anyway, carry on. I remember. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I, I was going to kind of dive into the – I think the Tom Brady story is kind of the, the story of the week especially playing the Jets on a Monday night. They're going to try to mix this in and try to try to turn it into a few things. So what's kind of your, your knee-jerk off reaction to what's been going down with Tom Brady and uh, the massage parlor scene? So I, I might need you to give me a little bit more background, but really my big question is did he know that the background was going to be the massage parlor? Like is that did he know that or no? Yeah, I so that's my big question with it. I think he did. I think he did. But actually, I don't know. So here's here's what the script was. So I, I actually ended up watching the first episode. So this is kind of a spoiler. That show really isn't worth watching anyway. So I don't, I don't care because <laughs> I watched I watched the first episode and I have no. Uh, I really don't even want to watch the next one. But yeah, Tom Brady. Uh, he's in front of this place and Paul Rudd basically. Uh, in the beginning of the episode, he's talking to his friend who's on fire. He's like hooking up with a girl and he's just really outgoing. And Paul Rudd's like, what, what happened to you? What did you do? And he says, I'm, I'm going to this place to this spa that rejuvenates you and I'll give you a referral. And it's very exclusive. So Paul Rudd pulls up, 
Tom Brady comes out. It does have the spa thing, and you saw that scene. Right. Like basically, what happens when you go inside there is they they clone your body, and then they kill the the previous one. So it's kind of it was kind of the perfect thing for Tom Brady for yeah. what he's trying to sell. He's trying to sell a TB12 method, and of course, it's a joke. Like, oh, Tom Brady's just ageless, so they must be cloning him. So it's kind of perfect for Tom Brady in right. that perspective, right. but. He was in front of the green screen, and I'm not sure if Tom was going to know that it was going to say, like, spa in the, yeah. in the front. Yeah, That's what I'm not sure of. That's that's but, the question that I have, is that because if you just explain it to him, right, if you're like, hey, we got this role for you, it's basically you go into this place, they clone you, they kill the old you, they put out the new you, and you feel like a thousand bucks, all you got to do is walk out and, you know, say whatever the lines are and then go. You could probably sell him on something like that or sell his agent on something like that. I don't know. But again, I think that this is... This is the Boston media just annihilating any shred of credibility that they have. The fact that they would try and put him on blast for this in front of his pre- like during his press conference and in front of his locker, like I understand you're trying to drive for clicks, you're trying to drive for the attention and the eyes, but it's like I don't know. I, I understand I they're trying to do their job, but I hate the fact that they have to ask that question. I hate the fact that they have to ask that question. Yeah, I mean it's. It's kind of the perfect question to ask, though, and this this is such a goldmine for for those media outlets is to turn this into is there is there a problem with Mr. Kraft and Tom Brady? Was Tom Brady taking a shot? Because I think I read somewhere that Tom Brady's been angry about Antonio Brown being cut, but obviously that's he would never do that for Antonio Brown because this was agreed upon over a year ago. Before that right. massage parlor thing even was a story out a year ago. No, I'm starting. No, to, dude, it was after the at Super this Bowl. Time. Yeah, or, it was after the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, it was after the Super Bowl. So Tom agreed to do this, and I would probably probably be willing to bet that he knew that the sign was going to say what it was going to say. Does that change your opinion if you if Tom Brady did know about that sign? Well, if you said it was like recorded over a year ago, then how the hell does Tom Brady know that Robert Kraft's going to go down to Miami and do what he does? Well, it was it was agreed upon a year ago. I don't know when it was actually shot. To be it, okay, well, even if he did know, to be honest, well, the first time I watched it, maybe it's just because I'm 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 a little slow sometimes. I didn't even remember the Robert Kraft thing. I watched it and I was like, oh, that's really funny. Like Tom Brady walking out of a massage parlor, freeling fresh as lettuce, and telling the guy he's done it six times. Like I think that's hysterical. <laughs> um, like I didn't even make the connection, and then like I was I was on Twitter, shocker, and you see the press conference, and I was just like, oh shit, that's gonna be a that, that'll be a problem. But I don't know, I I don't I don't I think that that relationship with between Robert Kraft and Belichick and Brady has been going on for nineteen twenty years now, and if if that did happen and Brady wasn't thinking about it or he agreed to it before, he probably told Robert Kraft it wasn't like this. This just happened out of nowhere, and Robert Kraft was like, "Dude, what the fuck?" Like, I'm sure that there was some sort of communication. Hey, I just did this. Like, it's. It, I think it's almost impossible to to do anything behind anyone's back out there. You know? Yeah. I mean, would even if you agreed to this, and it's, I really wonder when it was shot because Same. would you have would you have canceled the cameo if it was happening after the fact and you knew and if you're Tom Brady, if you I knew think about that, all that I think that that would be the professional thing to do. Like, yeah, you're kind of you're doing the cameo and that's really cool, but you got to remember what your job is and where your professions lie. So I I, I would understand. 
Um, and I would think that Brady would be like, hey, like I can't due to the recent news, I'm not going to come out and do a cameo in front of a spa. I, I would imagine that it was yeah. shot before that. But still, like the, the whole the deal of the green screen being like a big factor raises some questions for me because I really do wonder if they told them like, yeah, you're going to be walking out of a spa. I, I feel like they would have, but I just don't think I don't feel like Brady would do that knowing what we know about the whole craft situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless they're, I don't know because unless they're it, just it, like boys and he's like, Hey, check this out, you loser, and like sent it to craft. Like <laughs> I really I kinda think I don't know, because sometimes it kinda seemed like Tom expects people to separate those two things and in that press conference it kinda he did kinda have that vibe of yeah, you know that's not what happened because he wasn't going in there for an HJ. He was going in there, in there to get clones. So he was maybe thinking people are going to separate this and know that right. I'm not taking shots at Kraft. Right. But also the inverse is, is if you're an executive and you're trying to get more eyeballs on this show, why not change the script after the video was shot exactly. into a spa up front? Exactly. Because that show, I, there's no shot I'm watching that show until I saw that news and wanted to see if Tom Brady was in more of it than just that cameo. Right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it probably did the trick. It got a lot more eyeballs on that show. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it did. I was intrigued by it. But once you said you were watching it, I was like, I'm not going to support it. I'll, I'll, I'll hear through a third party. Um, but no, it's, it's, uh, I, I do feel, I don't know, man, it's weird. I, I honestly don't think that it's, to be honest, I don't really think it's that big of a deal. Like, I don't really think it's newsworthy. Um, but it's just, it's New England and the new Boston sports media is so horrible at what they do and their job um, that it's going to be a story because they really can't talk about any sort of chaos with New England anyway. So they're going to make this a big deal. But um, interesting that you say that it's like a bad show. That does make me think maybe they like kind of had this plan the whole time which if they did have this planned props to them great idea like really is yeah well it's like i don't know maybe you'll like the show but it's just got kind of like that that freaky friday movie feel where it's oh it's a clone and then i don't want to watch a full season of this it's just like yeah. okay i get the premise it's there's a clone was brady like, in the cool. first episode yeah oh. it was in the first one yeah interesting so yeah but at the like at the same time though it's like he's he's like the perfect dude for that cameo. Oh, exactly. There's nobody better. Yeah, he's like the ageless wonder, and he's playing in the NFL. Is he's perfect for that? Yeah. And I don't know. Who knows? It's it's not a big deal. But they're gonna keep talking about yeah. this and construct new feuds within within Gillette Stadium. So yeah, what can you do? But uh, you win another yeah, Super big Bowl. weekend for NFL football sick. though. Yeah, that would be dope. <laughs> big weekend nice. for NFL football great games this weekend really was so you were you were all jacked up yesterday you wanted to talk about something what what games were you thinking about the most there so the vikings lions game was pretty wild um that was a really good game i'm i'm like a big time matt stafford fan i love matt stafford like just a pure gunslinger at some point in almost every game he's going to be down double digits so he's just going to be in full Matt Stafford slinging it mode ripping his receivers like he's a dude that I wouldn't want to run the wrong route for because you know Mm -hmm. when you came back to the huddle he would just be like what the fuck were you thinking on that how did you think that that was covered like he would just rip you um but he's also fastest quarterback to 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 how many yards or yards or whatever was it for it was 40,000 it was something I don't know if it was 40 I think you're right I I was was gonna say that too. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. But I, he's That's just crazy. He's just a gunslinger, man. Like, I love everything about Stafford. He's a competitor. Um, he throws the ball so well. And he just, like, everything he's got, I feel like, in every throw, he's just ripping it. Um, but he's also the one interesting thing about Stafford, and I'll go on a little bit of a tangent, is people love to bring up, like, stats and how – um, like regular season stats and QBR and all this stuff. And when you like look at the stats, Matt Stafford is like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and one of the best mm-hmm. quarterbacks you've ever seen. But that's obviously because he's usually down. He's usually slinging it, but he's just pretty good at playing quarterback. So he'll bring his team within, you know, one score or two scores and he'll just keep throwing it. So he's an insane quarterback in that sense. But anyway, um, Vikings kind of finding their stride or, Obviously running the rock, uh, but their play action game off of that has been outstanding. Dalvin Cook, I think, is a legit top five back in the league. Um, it, just an absolute stud of a running back, just a workhorse. And the, the thing about the Vikings offense is they don't run a ton of shit. It's like they'll run wide zone, they'll run uh, toss, and they'll run like power and counter probably a little bit of ISO, but it's just like a very simple offense that they pair up, that they've been starting to pair up with play action and run action stuff and taking shots and rolling Kirk Cousins out, and it's been doing very well for them. Um, Interested to see what happens once they face a team that has all of their gaps figured out in a sense of like, hey, we know if he's if he's rolling out, we got to get to we got to drop to these spots. Um, I think that that will be make or break time for the Vikings. Um, but that was, also, oh, you're talking about the Vikings. Yeah, I was gonna flip it back to the to the Lions for a quick second oh, with go their for it. their red zone. They've been they've been struggling with with putting touchdown put putting touchdowns up in the red zone. Right? Is that I their mean, they're thing? just kicking a lot of field goals. They are kicking a ton of yeah. field goals. The last couple yeah, of games I've watched uh, from them, they've they've had some red zone woes. Yeah, and you think about their the refs that that ref game away from having that win, and there there's a couple games where they were just kicking a shit ton of field goals, and they just even in the Packers game, yeah, you can put that on the refs, but they were kicking way too many field goals when they they got to get at least one touchdown in one of those chances. Got to execute, in the and red it's zone. happened. It's happened twice, and you're talking about the difference from them being in first place to being where they're at now. What are they, 2-3-1 and one or something? Yeah, well, with the Vikings loss yesterday, yeah. 2-3-1 and one or 2-4-1? So, one. one of the two. Yeah, maybe it's 2-4-1. And, and then uh, staying with the NFC North, the Packers, Rodgers against the Raiders yesterday. Um, Rodgers just does exactly what he should do and shreds that Raider defense. That weak secondary does exactly what he wants. Um the Raiders were like hanging in it for a while. Oh, I remember what was going on. Okay, so the Raiders, it's like I want to say it's 10 to 7 with like 50 seconds left in the half. 10 to 7 or like 13 to 7 or it was something close. In fact, I'm pretty sure it was 10 to 7. And Derek Carr rolls out, right? He they're on like the Packer 5. Derek Carr rolls out to his right. He, they're on the left hash, rolling to his right, dives for the pylon and I fucking sorry dropping f-bombs fucking hate it when players do this he dives for the pylon and like diving out of bounds and reaches his left arm out to try to get the ball to cross the goal line well when you do that you clown defenders who are guess what going to be chasing you can hit your arm and you're going to drop the football so that's exactly what happens a defender he hits fumble his a touchback yeah he fumbled a touchback with 50 seconds left to go in the half and Aaron Rodgers playing quarterback Rodgers drives down the field in four or five plays 17 to 7 game now all because you decided to be superman and try and dive for the fucking pylon like that 
I hate it when players do that. Running back, receiver, quarterback, tight end, I don't care. One of the biggest things, and again, to bring it back to New England, I don't mean to do this all the time, but they're so well coached that it's hard not to. One of the biggest things Belichick preaches is to never reach your arm over the goal line like that because that can happen. Anytime you see Patriots running backs or receivers or anything dive, they dive like head first, shoulders first, trying to get the ball into the end zone with it still tucked. Like you can't dive with just one arm like that. That is the dumbest play I've seen from any sort of offensive player diving for a pylon because exactly what happened to Derek Carr is exactly what's going to happen to you. And that's a game changing play that changes. That is a 14 point swing. You being up 14 to 10 or you being down 17 to 7. Yeah, you know, I think I I kind of think that's uh, I've always kind of thought that was a kind of a dumb rule is for I don't know. Oh, Do you the, like that? rule? Touchback? I mean, I don't really think about the rule. To be honest with you, I don't really think twice about the rules. What, what else would it be? Is there like alternatives to it? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's you're trying to get an extra yard and you're trying to score and then you get punished for fumbling into the end zone when the other team doesn't recover. So, I, I don't know. I've always thought it was a strange rule, but it is what it is, yeah. right? But, yeah, Kyle Van Noy was the first. That was the first Patriot that I've seen reach for the pylon right. in, like, Which 10 years. I've a, never. He's a linebacker. He probably doesn't do a yeah. ton of ball carrier drills. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe maybe in the Super Bowl you might see him lining up at fullback. That would be sick. You've seen. Uh, Mike Vrabel. You've seen uh, Belichick. Yeah, Mike Vrabel. That would be sick. I've seen it happen once or twice. Yeah. I love Kyle Van Noy. Can't wait to see the Pats play tonight. We'll get into that a little bit. Um, the other notes, did you have anything else? I got two more games that I wanted to go over, but I don't want to just, like, get on a soapbox here. <laughs> I know you could probably talk for a half hour in all these games, yeah. but, dude, there there was a lot of good games. Um, 49ers and Redskins, there wasn't, I mean, we kind of touched on that. Not too much to talk about in that game, but um, Colts-Texans, Saints and Bears were, was good. Ravens and Seahawks, and then, of course, Cowboys and Eagles. So The Bears are I mean, really what, what bad. The Bears are really bad. I just want to throw that out there. You can go back to whatever I, you were going to say now. I wanted to touch on that one, too. I think that one's the most interesting one. That's one that I really paid attention to. Okay. And that that offense is – what are your thoughts on Trubisky? Do you, do, would you give up on him at this point? Um, I would try and change what I'm running. I, I don't think that Matt Nagy is a great play caller. Um, their offense is so – it, it, in a way, it's predictable, but they just they don't try and do anything special. And they lost their guard, Kyle Long, who is one of the best guards in the league. So their running game is definitely faltering because of that. But there's just nothing special about what they do. It's RPO, you know, trying to hit a curl, trying to hit a screen out into the three receiver side. Like it's so predictable. So part of me wants to say it's Trubisky part of me wants to say it's Nagy you're in that really weird position right now as the Bears where you traded up to the number two overall pick to draft Mitchell Trubisky and one of two things is happening well one of three things your coach is absolutely screwing him over your quarterback is screwing your coach or over or they both suck at what they do so yeah I don't really know where it's at in my eyes um he needs to be in a much different style of offense. I could see, he, I, I think that he would do great. And this is going to be really 
kind of weird to say, but just roll the punches in like a Denver style of offense where it's a lot of wide zone. It's a lot of, you know, hammering the rock, but getting him on a rollout and running play action with a really simple flood concept uh, behind it. I think that would be great for him because he's fast as shit, you know, and he can use his legs. Um, but you have to simplify the reads. I they that or uh, an offense like the Eagles where they do again a ton of RPOs but they stretch the field vertically they put safeties in binds because he throws a good ball it's not like he's a bad quarterback I just think that the system that they're running is not set up for him to put up numbers Um, I think it's set up the, the system they're running is set up so that their defense can win them football games and the Bears he, makes, offense, he does make a couple bad decisions here. Oh, and there, for though. sure, for sure. But sometimes that's the system. Like sometimes that's the system you're in, where it's like maybe he doesn't know what he's doing. Maybe maybe it's not the system and it's him. I don't know. That's stuff that goes on inside the building. But from would I give up on him if you're going to keep the same system? Yeah, I would give up on him. But if you want to give him a shot, get a new OC. Yeah, that's the way. I There's a couple good, uh, couple good quarterbacks that the Chicago Bears uh, passed up on. Jesus, yeah, pass up on for Mitch Trubisky. Uh, Most Patrick notably, you're talking about Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, just to name two. <laughs> that's tough, man. That's tough for Bears fans to follow, right? Yeah, no. Swallow right there. But um, yeah, actually, what's his name? One of my buddies. I was telling you about him. We made the bet before the season of. Who's going to have the better record, the Bears or the Patriots? So oh, I'm going to be waiting for that wow. 50 bucks. Nice. He's uh, he's so <laughs> he's such an intense fan. He he's the type that he's like a he's such a great guy and he's always level headed. But when he watches football, that's when the drywall kind of gets some punches. Yeah. <laughs> I think after after Cody Parkey's field goal last year, everybody's the double on. Speaking of him, yeah, he was, missed another uh, one. There's a nice hole in his drywall there. So yeah rest in peace of that drywall anytime the bears are playing in his household the the drywall just starts sweating yeah sweating. not a good time to be drywall no bad time um other games ravens and seahawks that was kind of telling lamar jackson was using his legs quite a bit yeah he's on pace to beat michael vick's record for the rushing uh rushing yards as a quarterback yeah i um i i hate that ravens offense I, I am I do not like I love Lamar Jackson. I loved him in college. I I can just never like the Ravens. I don't know why. I just hate the Ravens. I and like I like players, like I like Ray Lewis. I loved uh, Ed Reed, but like I just I don't like the Ravens. I'm not a big Earl Thomas guy. I kinda think Earl Thomas is an asshole, which I understand it. Yeah. You know, like but I think that he's just a prick. Um but that Ravens offense is legitimately it's a college offense. It's like in their playbook, first off, every time they line up, it's with 12 personnel or 13 personnel. So one back and either two tight ends or three tight ends. And then they're going to motion, and they're either going to run uh, power to the side of the motion, they're going to run counter to the side of the motion, or they're going to run read option to the side of the motion. Maybe if they're feeling a little squirrely, they'll go read option away from the motion. Um it's just such a simple offense. And anytime they pass the ball, it's like everybody holds their breath because they're worried. Lamar is a very inaccurate passer. Um, but they like the Seahawks. I think people have been like, oh, they're super underrated as of lately. And I don't mean to trash on those people, but they're really not. The Seahawks are exactly where they should be. They're as good as Russell Wilson can get them to be. And Russell Wilson's really good, but at the end of the day, their defensive play calling and their defense is very vanilla to me. I don't see anything that really jumps out. Jadavian Clowney's really good, absolutely. Ezekiel Ansah had his time in the sun, absolutely. But they're, they're not 
to me an elite defense like they used to be I think everybody remembers old Seattle and they're like oh they're gonna run that cover three and they're just gonna bear down on you with Cam Chancellor and no that's not who they are anymore so um and their offensive play calling is is just it's as good as Russell Wilson can be. If Russell Wilson can run around and make a ton of plays, they'll be really good that day. If he can't, then they're screwed. They're going to put up ten points like they did yesterday. That's Lamar smart. Jackson has been pretty incredible though with with being slippery. Oh, absolutely, and he is. That, that defense did a great job of. A lot of times, everything was covered, and they were they were spying the quarterback a few times. And Lamar Jackson straight up, there was three guys on him a couple times, yeah. and he just finds a little hole, and then. He's on. He's on to the next level. But it's yeah. I think if you if you just force him to pass the ball, I think that's what you have to do when you're playing the Ravens, you right? Just have, put him in a spot where he has to throw the ball. You have to say if I'm going to lose to the Ravens, it's because Lamar Jackson beat me throwing for 300 yards. If mm-hmm. you can do that, then I think that you'll be good. The the way to not beat the Ravens is to we're going to pressure the shit out of him. Nope, Lamar's too good. He's going to find a hole. He's going to find a seam. Um, there are so what do you do on defense then? You just play man to man and then have two spies on him. Or I something? would I would legit drop eight and then I would spy I would spy my mic backer and like I would spy my mic and then like any time that he comes up to to run, anytime that he comes up to run, I would try and like have my defensive backs be able to roll. I, I I'm not a defensive guy, so I'm not a hundred percent sure how they attack something like this. But obviously there is strategies to this, like. Back in the day, like when Kaepernick was killing everybody, people knew that if he rolled to his left, he couldn't throw the football. He never could. So what teams would do is they would spy the right side of their defense or the left side of the offense, and they would rush from the left side of the defense or the right side of the offense, forcing Kaepernick to roll to his left, and then the spy was there, and they would just break him down like that. So hmm. I could see this. I could see the same thing kind of going for Lamar. I would, if I was going to pressure him, I would do a ton of fire zones, and I would want, I would want him to have to think. That would be my biggest thing. I would want him to be mm-hmm. like, oh shit, where are they coming from? Who's dropping? Where are they going? Right. And with their running game, you really. The, that's the thing is that it's so formationally, it's just obvious with what they're going to do. Like if it's 12 personnel, if it's 13 personnel, it's going to be a run or it's going to be, you know, some sort of play action or read option. Like I, I'm very interested to see how Belichick goes about taking care of the Ravens because that's a, a unique case scenario. But they run a unique yeah. offense. That's why they're good. So it's like in division games, like the Browns, the Steelers, the Bengals, maybe not the Bengals, but the Browns and the Steelers, they're going to have great game plans for this because they have to. They have to go against it. When they play NFC teams or teams that they don't usually play in the AFC, they'll be pretty good because they don't see that offense a ton and you're not always focused. Like you take it week to week by game planning. Yeah, you'll have guys on the staff who are two, three weeks ahead, but it's tough to get your guys ready for a quarterback that's so different than everyone else. You know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think it's it's gonna be a really great matchup to see the Patriots playing them. And uh of course you said they're coming the Ravens are coming off a bye week for that week. Right. So that's gonna be really interesting to see what, what Big Bill does draw for that game. But speaking of Bill, we got the Jets tonight. Yep. Big, big division game kind of. I know Darnold is coming off uh I said the good. same thing. I said the same thing. I was like, This is kind of this is a big game, kind of. I'm not sure yeah. yet. Like I, I don't I don't know. I think people, them beating the Cowboys last week is gonna is, I mean it's gonna be interesting. And yeah. also, when I posted uh, that thing about the the Patriots being depleted, of course Josh Gordon's out. Yeah, who do we have at wide receiver now? Do we? I, I don't even know who's Jacoby. It's just one crew, right? Jacoby, Jules, Dorsett, 
Gunner. And Gunner. And Ben That's Watts. It. Is Ben Watson playing this week? He better be. Uh, is he? He better be. <laughs> I think he has to be. Because you got two tight ends out as well. <laughs> right. Lacoste and So Izzo. people are people are saying that this is it's the Jets, but at the same time, it's this is these are the same fans that talk about the trades and don't think about the other side of it yeah. or the other or yeah. what value they need to give up. It's like, yeah, it's the Patriots versus the Jets, but everybody's forgetting that everybody's hurt on the Patriots' offensive side of the ball. Yeah. The Jets are coming off a good win against the Cowboys. Hundred percent, hundred percent. It's an NFL team, I'm not, right? I'm not. I'm I'm worried about the game. It's definitely not going to be a blowout. I'm I too. don't think it'll be a blowout. I think it'll be a one score game. Um, and it's in it's in the Meadowlands. It's in New York or yeah. New Jersey. I hate that. Just Met call them the yet. New Jersey Jets. They're not the New York yeah. Jets. They're New Jersey Jets. Um, That'd be gross. gross. New Jersey Jets. That disgusting. just sounds disgusting. That sounds like a rat and cockroach infested stadium, if you ask me. Um, hot dog wrappers flying everywhere. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely worried. Like, the Jets' defense is solid. Always has been. Sam Darnold's back. He's only had one game under his belt, so he's feeling fresh as lettuce. Um Interested to see how this one goes. I really am because Patrick, you're going to have to run the rock tonight. You do not have the yep. firepower to sit there and drop back forty times and sling it. You have to run the rock tonight. So, very interested to see how a guy like James White, Sony Michelle, Brandon Bolden does because I don't think Rex Burkhead is playing either. So, very depleted Patriots Patriots staff tonight. Um, Would you be surprised if they lost tonight? Nope, not at all. Not at all. I wouldn't be either. Not at all. I would actually, to be honest with you, I'd rather have them lose tonight. I would rather have them lose tonight. Get the loss out of your Why? system. Get the loss out of your system. Get it out. The media's going to go, and their media is going to be absolute cannibals with this and savages and just trying to rip apart New England. Um, but like, yeah, but also, I mean, they're they're going to lose a game in that that stretch of four games so where you just mentioned the other teams have. Have a bye, the Eagles, the Ravens, the Cowboys, the, the dude, Chiefs, watched, the Browns. I watched the Eagles-Cowboys last night. I don't think the Eagles are that good. I think that we way overhyped them. They're banged up, though, too. Their DBs are banged yeah. up. But, like, I don't think they're that good. Do you see what's-his-name, that dude who just decided to not catch that ball? Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, that was bad. That's a, what the hell was that's that? That's a bad look. Like, you got to lay out for that shit. What in the world was that, though? I, I know they that slowed was, it down, and I saw the video in slow motion, yeah. but it's like, no, dude, that he was, just... That was legit Carson Wentz. Like, I'm going to throw it to this spot because I know he can run and get there. And he, like, it was like in Madden when you throw a ball and your receiver is just like, not, nope, not this time. That was Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. They were just like, he's just like, I'm not going to catch that shit. Not a chance. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I wish I could sit here and tell you what was going through his mind, but it looked uh, very... Very bad in my eyes. In a contract year, mind you. Contract year. So strange. That that was like that that look those are the things that make me feel like we're in a simulation. It's like you're an NFL wide receiver. That's your job <laughs> is to go catch a ball one, once a week. And there was a bomb for you to go and get and what, one foot out of reach of your hands? That thing was close to his hands. Yeah, but He's like lean forward. Yeah, I don't, did he really even have to dive? I don't even know if he had to dive. It looked like it like he could have caught it, obviously. Like, he just had to literally, like, stretch out your arms a little bit. Yeah. Close your Weird. pinkies together. So Catch the ball. What's your What's your prediction on tonight's game? What are you thinking? I don't know. I, I've i thought about it because I knew you were going to ask this, so I've been sitting here thinking about it. I think that we'll probably get a – I think it's going to be a weird game. It's in the Meadowlands. I think it'll be a, like – 
28-24 game. I think it's going to be tight. Hmm. I really do. I think it's going to be tight. I was going to say 17-14, Pats. 17-14? Okay. You think it's going to be way less scoring? Yeah, I think I think the Patriots defense is, is gonna do a good job tonight. Uh maybe I don't That's know, maybe true. seventeen to ten. Maybe seventeen to ten, because this is the Patriots defense we're talking about. I know they, they played Cow not Cowboys, well. Wow. Jets offense played okay last week, but yeah. yeah, they're gonna play a tough defense this week and I, I think they're gonna I put am a hold on. Interested them, so. to see because this is besides Big Ben, this is kind of the first quote unquote legit quarterback we're gonna see him play. I'm not sold on Sam Darnold yet, but this is the first quote unquote legit quarterback you're gonna see him play. So I don't know. We'll see what's up. This is gonna be a I think it'll be an interesting game. I'm hyped for it. Sam What's up everybody? Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Couch Coaches. We really appreciate you guys and this audience is really starting to grow a little bit and we, we certainly appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe, write us a review wherever you're listening. Otherwise, we've got the Patriots and Jets coming up tonight. Enjoy the game.